He is a registered socialist. He's not even a certified teacher in Arizona. He only came there a year before from Chicago. These people are being planted. And where did Red for Red happen? It happened in red states to convert those states. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. This is a husband and wife show where we share behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we're currently working on a new documentary project. It's getting so close. It's so close. The mind polluters. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so it's all about the um, comprehensive sex education in the government school systems and the social emotional learning that everybody's seeing right now. So this is going to be fun. So I'm Amber Archer co-host of this show the co-host with the most and joining me is my husband who you hear right now business partner director author speaker the co-host who likes toast mark (laughs) archer (laughs) it's it's, it's a husband life show folks (laughs) she loves me (laughs) she loves me yeah 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 fun stuff today so so anyway you can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org it's also a great place to make for you to make that one time or monthly donation to help bring these timely films to the marketplace, as we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we rely solely on the donations to make these movies and this podcast possible. Mm-hmm. And the Mind Polluters is oh so close. Oh, and 100% donor-funded. 100% donor-funded. Proud to say haven't taken a dime from corporate anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Zero influence. Okay, so today, so we've been sharing Purple for Parents speakers, mm-hmm. and today I'm excited to share Forrest Moriarty from Arizona, who started the original Purple for Parents, mm-hmm. um, and then Jennifer contacted Forrest when they- this is Jennifer McWilliams. Jennifer McWilliams, who's in the film, The Mind Polluters. And she got fired from her her position at school and decided she was going to start a Purple for Parents of Indiana. Yes. And now there are over 5,000, almost 6,000 members on on Facebook that you can follow. It's pretty much on fire here in Indiana. (laughs) Which is fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So anyway. We're all terrorists, though. Yeah. News and views. What do you got today? I do. Speaking of all of us terrorists. Well, wait, wait, wait. Since you said terrorists, because (laughs) uh, did you see... That there are now 21 states who have distanced themselves from the National School Board Association since they put that that letter out. Yeah, it's no surprise. And, uh, uh, you know, as as you'll hear Forrest talk about here uh, when we when we get to him, he, he and he brings this up. He says, you know, when you see all these attacks coming, what does that tell you? It means you're over the target. Yeah. Right. And here's a headline that. Uh, tells you that you're you're getting pretty close, mm-hmm. right? From just the news, National School Boards Association apologizes uh-huh. for comparing parents to domestic terrorists. So they sent that letter out on September 29th. Remember? Mm-hmm. And so here, October what 21st, yeah. they sent the apology <clears throat> out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they're real sorry. What they're sorry about is that some of the state. School boards association, the the member uh-huh. uh, organizations have withdrawn. There's mm-hmm. been two states so far, right? I think Pennsylvania was one of them, and there was another one. I th- I think that has withdrawn from the NSBA. Well, probably Florida's the other one because here's here's a great. Uh, it, let me just read this real okay. fast. It go, it goes along with yours. Uh, Florida responded to 
um, Parents Defending Education, they emailed 47 um, state school board associations for comment about Mm -hmm. the National School Board Association, and they asked them three questions. Well, Florida responded and said, as you are aware, we did not submit payment for the 2020-2021 dues, which were due July 1, 2021. Mm -hmm. We have been clear about reassessing the value of our affiliation with the National School Board Association due to concerns surrounding the governance, leadership, transparency, and failure to embrace nonpartisanship. And it's always indicative of whenever we feel like we're powerless in this. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is remember, just go back to the basics. What is it that they always seem, that the opposition always seems to have more of? It's money. Money. What is it that the opposition cares about more than anything? It's money. Money. So (laughs) if you want to find out what they're doing, follow the money. And Mm -hmm. if you want to hit them hard, hit them where it hurts Mm -hmm. and hit them in the pocketbook. Um, okay, so in addition to that, I've got from just the news, the National School Boards Association apologized Friday for a letter it previously sent to the Biden administration in which it likened the actions of parents at school board meetings to the acts of, quote, domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, the NSBA addressed the recent media attention it has received as well as the distancing of over 20 state school boards associations. <laughs> Uh huh. On behalf of NSBA, we regret and apologize for the letter. There was no justification for some of the language. Some, some. of the language included in the letter. We should have had a better process in place to allow for consultation on a communication of this significance. We apologize also for the strain and stress this situation has caused you and your organizations. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, because almost half, you're like, okay. So because, um, where did I see? Washington, D.C. and who else? Somebody else is not a part of, oh, Hawaii and Washington, D.C. are not members of the NSBA. Right. You know who hasn't apologized? Uh, the administration? The administration, the Department of Justice. Uh-huh. They're never going to apologize. Uh, right. Well, I think that they, uh, as Merrick Garland was just giving testimony, and he said that he did not use the Patriot Act. There was no language of that. And yeah, I don't, I don't believe anything. <sighs> Listen, this man, Merrick Garland, let us not forget who nominated him for the Supreme Court before, right before Trump got into office. Barack Hussein Obama. Um, let us not forget that. His son-in-law is the one who owns Panorama, yeah. who does all the surveys in the schools. Yeah. These people never go away. They just turn up somewhere else. Yeah. So so I have another one that's unrelated to the schools. What? <clears throat> from you want to get off topic? Yeah, from, this, this showed up on several sites. Uh, Infowars had it. The Blaze had it. I'm going to read the Infowars article. DC Comics. Announces Superman will no longer protect the American way. The iconic comic book hero Superman will no longer stand for the American way, according to DC Comics chief creative officer and publisher Jim Lee. Must be Stan Lee's kid. Mm-hmm. Who claimed Saturday that the tagline, which has been part of the character story since 1940, needs to evolve. <laughs> right. Uh, Superman's well, motto will now okay, be truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it gets what better. What was it before? Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Oh, yes. I didn't know. I'm clueless. Um, <laughs> despite the entire point of Superman being in a, a being a story of America, an immigrant coming to a new world and standing for freedom, morality, justice, etc., that wouldn't be woke enough in 2021, and so the notion of America as a righteous place has been unceremoniously dropped. It's all just so disgusting. It's all so organized, and ugh, it's it's just gross. Oh, no, listen to this. DC Comics previously had Superman renounce his American citizenship, citizenship in a speech. I missed this because I don't read Superman comics. Renounced his American citizenship in a speech before the U.N., in which the hero declared, quote, I'm tired of having my actions construed as instruments of U.S. policy. <laughs> Truth, justice, and the American way, it's not enough anymore. The world's too small, too connected. You know, that sounds like Superman, all right. <clears throat> Recent woke issues of the comic have seen Superman protesting against wildfires caused by climate change, preventing a high school shooting, and protesting the deportation of illegal refugees in Metropolis. I, this is Superman. You know, I, I'm wondering who even reads it. Like, Wait, there's more. In addition, DC Comics. <laughs> who cares? DC Com- I didn't know Superman had a son. DC Comics had made Superman's son a bisexual climate change concerned <laughs> social justice warrior. You know, here's the thing. Okay. Oh, there's a picture of his of oh, my Superman's word. son kissing his boyfriend. Oh, my word. If these are the things, it was interesting you, you used the word evolved. Because mm-hmm. think about if there's no creator, if you are on the other side of this spectrum and you do not believe that you were created by a loving God and you have evolved from pond scum. Mm hmm. Superman didn't evolve from Ponscum. He obviously evolved from Kryptonite. <laughs> Whatever. Who? I, I feel sorry for anybody who's reading. Why? Why do you even read this stuff? But it's interesting because now I was looking at the just looking at that picture briefly. Um, one of the the weird things that we've been learning as as we're you know kind of prepping for another film mm-hmm. is this whole transgender movement and how. Anime and transgenderism are very closely linked with a lot of these cases. Yeah. And as I look at these comics, and I'm thinking, and this is this is like anime stuff. Yeah, it it's, is very. It is. It's very. It's taking a very anime kind of a turn. Anyway, so we're getting off topic here. Let's get back. We have to get back to forest. Yeah, we'll get back to forest. But I did want to say one more, one more brief thing. Oh, okay. Speaking of movies, uh-huh. and this is completely has nothing to do with anything that we've been working on. <laughs> but I did want to throw a word of caution in this uh, this terrible incident that happened on the set of this movie called Rust. Oh yeah, the with Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. Um, and I just I listen. I don't like Alec Baldwin at all. Okay, at all. However. Um, Having just, worked on sets with prop guns, with with firearms, mm-hmm. let me just throw in some reason here. Okay, um, I wasn't there. I I didn't see what happened. However, um, something like this is not 
it's not Alec Baldwin's fault directly. Right. Okay. There are people. They re- they hire and rely on right. people. There are people on a set. Whenever you have firearms, you have the at armor. least one person who is the armorer slash stunt coordinator or safe set safety person, mm-hmm. and it's that person's job to uh, to handle those things and make sure that everything is safe. So when you read these articles, and I, I've seen plenty of people who just hate Alec Baldwin, who are happy to jump on it and say he should go to prison for murder. He didn't murder. I Listen, I it's terrible what happened. Mm-hmm. It is a, an absolute tragedy. It shouldn't have happened. But it's not. Alec, Alec Baldwin did not murder the cinematographer. Right. This was an accident. He was handed a loaded weapon. You need to ask who it was who was in charge of. The yeah. guns. We don't use real weapons. And it was actually, I was just reading an article. It was a, it was a, it was a young girl mm-hmm. who she actually just got off of her first, um, her first gig of being an armorer with Nicolas Cage. Right. And there's a podcast that she was on previously that's coming back. You know, a month earlier, she just said she didn't feel qualified yeah. to be on set handling the the equipment. Yeah. And and so. Yeah. So I mean, there. We could we could go do a whole show on this, and it really is unrelated. But when you when you work with weapons on set, sometimes you will use real weapons as props. Most of the time, you use prop guns. There's there's specifically, um, you know, fake guns called gas blowback guns that fire blanks, but they don't even have they don't even have an open barrel. Right. Right. And and you add in muzzle flash in, in post and things like that. So very sad uh, that this happened. But I just wanted to lend some perspective to that. So let's just be cautious that we don't go. As much as I don't like Alec Baldwin, I'm not going to call him a murderer. Right. This, was, this was really not his fault. Right. All right, you guys. So with that, let's get to Forrest Moriarty's presentation at the Purple for Parents conference. I'm really excited to introduce Forrest Moriarty. And he is the founder of Purple for Parents, which was started in Arizona. I contacted Forrest in November of 2019, and the rest is almost two years in the making. Last March, I tried to travel to Arizona to meet him and help with the conference, but unfortunately, my trip was canceled COVID. It is my honor to introduce my friend, who I finally, finally just met in person on Thursday, uh, Forrest Moriarty. Howdy, folks. So, uh, first of all, I came all the way from Arizona, <clears throat> mainly uh, with the invitation from Jennifer, but I wanted to come out and say thank you to all of you, and all of you mama bears and defender dads and whistleblowing teachers that like to get fired. Can we give her a hand for all the... Yeah. <clears throat> I, I do remember that call, by the way, and I remember thinking as soon as I hung up, she is so getting fired um, because you, 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 don't, you don't challenge the union in Red Ferret as a teacher openly and get away with it, right? Uh, because that's how they are. I wanted to talk about the journey and how we got here. Um, when we first started this thing three, it's three years ago now, um, this was, you know, we had no idea that we were going to be called racists. 
that we were going to be called homophobic, bigots, and now today, thanks to the Department of Justice and the government and the unions, we're now being called domestic terrorists. Why? For the, for the crime of sticking up for our kids. That means we're over the target, right? Um, and I was going to, I'm going to work with uh, some of the folks from Arizona. We were going to send that Indiana teacher a thank you basket because <laughs> there, there ain't nothing better she's doing for us than doing that kind of thing, right? <clears throat> so you've heard a lot today so far about being aware, right? How big this is. Is that terrifying? That's, that's pretty scary, right? International organizations, some of the most powerful people in our own country that are out to get us, right? They're going to take our kids, they're going to convert our kids, and we will be dinosaurs, extinct, right? So um, I'm going to tell you real quick how I started Purple for Parents, why I started Purple for Parents, the successes that we had, only to tell you why they don't matter. And I know that's going to be weird, but it is what it is. So my wife is a speech-language pathologist. She works in schools to help kids with special needs because she and I have two boys with autism. She decided, you know what? We've had so many therapies that I want to go and work in the schools and help kids just like ours. Ours got all this help. I want to do the same thing. Noble goes to work in the public schools, and then Red for Red happened. And she was coming home saying, oh, this... No, the teachers are doing this thing where they're organizing to get more pay because the teachers aren't paid very well. And, you know, okay. Sounds pretty innocuous, right? And most people, that sounds like, oh, yeah, I think teachers probably should probably get paid more, right? But then, five minutes of Googling later, we find out that the organizer of Red for Red in Arizona is only one of many across all the country, that he is a registered socialist, He's not even a certified teacher in Arizona. He only came there a year before from Chicago. These people are being planted. And where did Red for Red happen? It happened in red states to convert those states. They wanted to use that political power and that organizing effect to convert those states politically. Right? And to start forcing... Look, this, if you're a Republican politician and you're hearing this... Education is going to get you unelected because we are very close to them just taking over every single state generationally, and then you're done. There is no two-party system. There's a one-party system, okay? So she was coming home, my bride over here, right there. (laughs) She was coming home from school every day worried, right? They're organizing this stuff. They're saying these things, and they're, they're trying to force everybody into it. And so she was getting concerned about it. Sometimes she'd come home, I hope you don't mind, she'd come home ticked off. Sometimes she'd come home crying. Sometimes she'd come home sad and depressed, wanting to quit her job. That ticked, as you can tell, I, probably, I don't get, people treat, don't treat my wife wrong, right? So I started to get pretty mad. I own a social media marketing company. So what did I do? I decided I'm going to go to the social media, and I'm going to, this was before we were getting banned all the time, by the way. <laughs> um, and I started to uh, attack Red for Red everywhere I could. I went on offense, right? I'm going to go out and I'm going to rebuttal all of their nonsense, right? Arizona was the 49th 
state in the country for education funding. You guys probably had the exact same talking point here. Right. Um, I wanted to combat that, so I took to, the, took to the social media channels that I could. I used the skill sets that I have to go out there and start attacking them. And then my bride came up with the tagline. She said, well, we should be something like, like they have red for red. We should be like purple for parents, right? It's alliterative. It's color. We can, we can do that. I'm like, okay, cool. So I start hashtagging that everywhere we go. And we gained about hmm, 50 people. <laughs> that joined Purple for Parents, people would, like Jennifer said, we, we would find people that would have like minds and we would send them direct messages and try to get them to join our group. And then Red for Red went on strike, or they call it a walkout. That day, I, cr I had created a Purple for Parents group on Facebook. And within three days, we had over 7,000 members like that, right? Why? because it was obvious to anybody who was paying attention that there was a problem, right? That it wasn't just about a walkout, it wasn't just about government funding, it was about an agenda. And what I learned, <clears throat> look, I, I've been an advocate parent for a long time, because I have two kids with autism. So I worked a lot uh, with my wife on advocating for our kids to make sure that we had the best education for our kids. We were hyper-involved, and I had no idea how bad it was. No idea. Critical race theory, um, uh, intersectionality, the misuse of a common tool. So we have two kids that have um, autism, so they use social-emotional learning as an appropriate tool to teach kids with special needs. But teaching kids that don't have that and using an improper content it's like, you know, you can use a gun in a defensive way, in a right way, or you can use it in a wrong way. This is being used. It's, it's a mechanism for them to deliver their agenda. <clears throat> uh, not just that, but also uh, um, comprehensive sex ed, right? They're, like uh, the, the, our, our keynote speaker was saying, all of these things are tied in together, right? They're, they're all part of an, a, a, a long-term agenda to attack every single fundamental value that you have, right? They don't need to get you. They don't need to get your vote. They don't need, they're not scared of your, of your ability to defend yourself or vote. They're going to just merely convince your kids not to be you. That's it. So <clears throat> that's terrifying stuff. What happened then is um, we decided very quickly, I went, okay, we've got 7,000 people. What do I do with that, right? And I saw one legislator in Arizona standing up to Red for Red. There was a whole crowd of them in the legislature. They had broken into the legislature, taken over the legislature, and there was one representative that was standing up and saying, this is an abomination. It's not okay. This is a problem. These people are a problem. I found out that Representative Townsend was actually my representative from my district. So I reached out to her and said, hey, I got all these parents that are really ticked off and they, they need to know what to do. What do we do? Or, or, I mean, when you hear all of that message from earlier today, the, the thought has to be in your mind. What in the world can we do to stop this? How do we fix it? How do we overcome that? So that was my question. <clears throat> so we did all the things that you might have considered. We, cr we created 
for about a year and a half, I went around the state with parents and organized meetings just like this, where we registered every single parent to become a precinct committeeman. Precinct committeeman is like the lowest level grassroots elected official into a political party. Okay? We registered hundreds of parents out of Purple for Parents to become PCs. Then we got those PCs, many of them, to run for the state committeeman position so that they could go to the state committee party, right? Then we took that and we went to the state committee and we said, okay, here are Purple for Parents goals. No more walkouts. No more indoctrination in schools. No more comprehensive sex ed. We went through the list of stuff, right? And we said, these are our goals. We want these voted on and enshrined in the Republican Party as part of the party platform in Arizona. And guess what? We did it. We got 96% of the state committeemen in Arizona to vote to enshrine Purple for Parents goals of parental rights, school choice, and so on, into the party's platform. Do you think that the politicians that ran as Republicans followed that? Okay. So we did everything we could from a grassroots level, right? We went out, we registered people, we got people to run for office. By the way, one of the successful things that we did is we had Purple for Parent Moms take over this is probably going to be misconstrued on YouTube. They took over a school board. Um, they got elected. They took over a school board and they fired a superintendent. Right? <clears throat> um, that was actually pretty phenomenal. We had a really great party that day. Um, <laughs> so after, after all of these things... Um, there was a push by the superintendent of public instruction in Arizona. She wanted to get the board, the school board of Arizona, to vote to overturn some um, rules that had been put in place that blocked comprehensive sex ed. And since I'm in a church, I'm not going to tell you the details. But comprehensive sex ed in Arizona was going to include some materials that if I handed it to them, handed that material to a kid on the street, I'd be arrested for child pornography. Okay. This stuff was going to be voted on and pushed through quietly by our superintendent to try to get that education being pushed on our kids immediately. So Purple for Parents rallied. We got, I think it was close to 700 parents showed up within a couple of day notice down to the state capitol. We took over the main boardroom, the overflow room, the secondary overflow room, the media room, and they had us waiting outside too. And guess what happened that day? The superintendent backed down. The school board of the state of Arizona, the governing board of, the, of, of education in Arizona, voted unanimously to keep the rules in place and not allow CSE into the schools in Arizona. Right? When? Sure, you can clap for that. We... we <laughs> We, 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 thought, we, we thought that was a win, too. Um, then we began working on legislation. So we got allies. All of a sudden, Purple for Parents had allies in the legislature. One, I still have a picture. I have to share. I don't know if I shared this with you. We have a picture of all the legislators in the Arizona uh, House and in the Arizona Senate. On every Republican's desk was a little placard that said purple for parents, right? 
and it said, I stand with parents in purple. We're, we're totally kicking butt right now, right? We've got the party on board. We've got legislators on board. We're winning school board meetings. We're just taking the state by storm. And I think it was about this time when I met Jennifer McWilliams. So all of our successes were probably extremely attractive to her, right? Because we were winning battles left and right. We couldn't do anything else. We were just like, hey, we're going to do this, and it's going to happen. We're going to win, and that's how it was. And that's what happened. We did amazing stuff. Largely, thanks in part to moms and dads and secret teachers that sent us secret messages so that we could fight this machine, right? Or so we thought. So... There are, four, <clears throat> there are four things that you can do in a conflict, okay? First is that you can comply, capitulate, give in, and just do as you're told. That's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is negotiate. You can say, no, I'm not doing that. We need to find a different solution. And you can fight back against that, right? Number three is that you can go to war, right? You can have conflict. You can try to do things like unseat board members, fire superintendents, right? And uh, maybe that's the wrong terminology since they're calling us terrorists, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Or you can exit. And I was heavily inspired recently by reading about the founding fathers. What did the founding fathers do at first with regards to their grievances with the king? Well, they complied for a long time, long time. I'll admit it, for many years that my kids were in school, I was an ignorant complier. That's what I did. I complied, I did what the schools wanted, and I didn't know what was going on. Then the founding father said, well, we're not gonna take this anymore, we don't like this, we're gonna negotiate with the king. So they negotiated. Well, we did that too. We worked with our legislators. We changed the party's platform. We negotiated everything we could. But at some point, the founding fathers said, we can't do this anymore. We're going to go to war, right? And they fought. Well, we fought too. We fired superintendents. We got people elected and unelected from office. We were waging the political war that we thought we could use to win this battle. And then I came to realize that all of these things were largely irrelevant because the machine is massive. The legislation that we had worked got bicameral support in our legislature to get passed, to block comprehensive sex ed permanently in Arizona, to stop critical race theory and racist-driven education, the intersectionality uh, and victimhood training, um, the white privilege training, All of these things we had gotten passed through our education uh, committees and they got killed because the governor of Arizona, a Republican, felt they were too controversial. Okay? So that started to dawn on me. This system that's in place, nobody wants to get rid of it. Just like the gentleman earlier said, it's working exactly how they wanted it to. This isn't a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. We used to say purple for parents. We're not red for Republican or blue for Democrat. We're purple for parents, right? 
And we say that for a reason because ultimately my politics matter less than my children. I'm here to fight for my kids and my kids' future and my grandkids' future. And so what I want to, what, what I want to encourage you about, since I'm running out of time here, um, is what we're doing about it. In Arizona, we decided about a year ago that we were no longer going to be involved in the system. That the only way to fight and win truly is to exit the system and create something new. And so we started our first Purple for Parents micro school in Arizona a year, over a year ago, where we took high school kids and elementary kids, took them out of the system and started our own school using our own curriculum and our own moms and dads to teach it. We had guest speakers from the legislature. We had scientists come in, all sorts of things. It's a regular, normal, everyday school. It's a modern version of the one-room schoolhouse. But guess what's happening? Those kids are no longer being indoctrinated. Those kids are no longer being taught to hate America or to hate freedom or to hate God or to hate you know, their gender <laughs> or whatever. They're being educated the way that we thought they were being educated in public schools. And now we're working diligently. We've partnered with a charter in Arizona and we're working with um, the government in Arizona to get funding because what we're gonna do is we're gonna use the system against the system. We're gonna take money and we're gonna take the kids out of the public schools. We're gonna create micro schools. We're gonna use the funding that would normally go to the public school. I'm sorry, <clears throat> I don't say public school, it's a government school, right? We'd, we're gonna use the money that would normally go to the government school. We're gonna exit that, take those kids, put them in a home and have that funding follow the kid to that home school through an umbrella charter. In Arizona, we have a charter that has the ability to have the curriculum of their choice. So every single micro school can pick their own curriculum. And the parents teaching that curriculum to those kids can get paid to do it. So you guys can continue to fight and I will be there every step of the way if you wanna be PCs, if you wanna work within the party, if you wanna fight with your legislature, if you wanna get elected to school boards, if you wanna work within the system, I'm here to do that for you and with you because I understand that there's a process to learning that it doesn't actually work. And what you have to do is get out. So my last thing that I'll leave you with is don't comply, don't bother fighting, don't bother negotiating, leave the system. Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end. That's all the time we have for today. We are looking forward to talking to you again next week. Be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org where you can learn more about the movies we're making and all that we're doing, and you can help support our mission. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Tuesday.